1: pure hoops podcast is a presentation of pure hoops media the pure hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management here's three-time nba champ bj armstrong and eric newman the pure hoops podcast thanksgiving edition happy thanksgiving everybody out there basketball fans not basketball fans but most importantly my man bj armstrong bj Holiday time, let's start it out. What are you most thankful for in the NBA?
0: Oh, Well, besides the NBA season being back, all is good in the world, but I'm just always thankful for the health of the players and how many people that the NBA and playing affects, and meaning the people that work in the arenas, all the people that are, work behind the scenes to bring us the NBA and and every time there is a work stoppage in the NBA, I think of all those people that are affected by the teams not playing, the league not playing, and what that means to so many families and people that we can't see behind the scenes. So, um, as a player, it's just good to, you know, see people working, doing what they do and how many people, you know, playing and health and all those things really affects uh, in the MBA and, and people that things that we can't see? Yeah, at the end of the day it's
1: it's a people business, right? And you're developing relationships with people, whether they're people that are in the public eye, in the spotlight, or all the people who make things happen behind the scenes, but you know, at the end of it all, people are working, getting a paycheck living the lives they want to live, whether it's their dream scenario or whether they're just happy being in a job, making a living, being around positive people and, and a professional sports environment. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, the people I get to meet and connect with and, you know, from my side, growing fun projects with, and, and, you know, obviously being in love with the game and and being someone that's consumed the NBA at a, at a a pretty high level uh, since the 1980s before all these technologies when it was the excitement of reading the box score in the paper or watching the national tv game with dad on the sunday or when we finally got the cable box it was switching back and forth between the nets on sports channel and the knicks on msg everything's evolved but it goes back to the people and you know i'm thankful i get to do a pod like this with you and producer Mike on the line and talk the game and share experiences and um, it's been uh, it, it's been a great ride and you know around this time of year BJ I don't know about you I get a certain <clears throat> a certain feeling of nostalgia that ties back to uh, playing the game as a kid. you know the the high school season started a week ago and my mind and my heart always go back to that gym and that environment, and the start of the season, and the work, and the prep, and at times the torture that went along with it because of the the conditioning and getting yourself ready, but uh, this time of year, I always think back to that. Are there any triggers for you that take you back to certain things from from your journey around this time of year?
0: During the holidays, I'm always reminded that when I was in college and playing in the NBA that I was never at home during the holidays. I was always hmm, that's playing, a great point. Which was very fortunate. And then when you're in college you're always playing in some Thanksgiving tournament, whether it was the Maui Classic or you know, in Christmas, and I was fortunate enough to be on teams that we always played during the the Christmas and the holidays. And I remember once I retired, I was at home and I was like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> I hadn't been home right. in like in so many years, so, uh, but it, it's it's great. And now to to be a fan of the game, it's it's one of the great traditions, right? You eat, you stuff your face, and then you're able to sit on the couch and and watch the games. And the games are on all day, especially during Christmas and during Thanksgiving. You know, growing up in Detroit, the Lions always played on Thanksgiving. Always. So um, that's all. You know, it's a, so that's always a a, a, a Thanksgiving tradition with my family and both my parents are, are, are still here. And uh, so that's what we do. If we're not together, we're talking as the game is going on. And my parents both still live in Detroit. So it's one of our traditions that I can I, – I, I've always done my entire life, and that's that's what we do.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great
0: basketball weekend
1: after – you know, Thanksgiving Day and and all the football on Thursday. But that Friday through Sunday for the NBA, and there's always college games too, it's it's always great to get some people together, watch games. Um, I still make it a point when I can. I'm still trying to do it this year. I've done it every year for – I've lost count of how many at this point. But, you know, Friday morning – You know, I go out to uh, I go out to Long Island to see my family for the holiday. And then on Friday morning, I go to my high school to say hello to my coach and to uh, participate lightly in practice and meet the guys
0: (laughs) just just to just when you say participate. Are you playing? What are you doing?
1: I, I get into it a little bit, you know if I'm feeling pretty good like i'll do I'll do some drills to get loose uh, but if I you know every drill's a competition. so if I lose the shooting drill, like I'm on the line. The good thing about that is you know i don't I don't have to make the suicide in, in 29 seconds i can I can cruise in oh, I, can, wow. I can cruise in at 32 and be okay, but I also let the guys know if I beat any of you coach is going to run your ass into Christmas. So, um, but, but, you know, getting out there and playing full against a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds who are trying to prove a point to the old guy, uh, a couple of years ago, it just got to the point where I'm like, okay, as much pickup as I may play in spurts. And I've taught you how much I just love to go shoot the ball a couple of times a week to just, you know, for focus and, and all that, like being out there with these kids flying around and they're jump trapping and they're learning the press. And I'm just, it's too fast. I'm just like, this is crazy. Um, But it's, it's fun and I I get a sweat and I get winded pretty quick. I get the second wind, then I get the third wind. Um, But it's good. But the, the reason why I do it is because it was such a positive part of my life and my, many of my teammates and I are still close to this day. Uh, but I want to let the young guys know that, you know, it still matters to us 20 years later what happened uh, on this floor and the life skills we took away with it and the relationships. And, you know, I can I'm, I'm perfectly uh, comfortable saying this, like there's no way I'm talking basketball with you doing a podcast on a weekly basis if it wasn't for what my high school basketball experience instilled in me. Whether it was team, whether it was brotherhood, whether it was work ethic, whatever it is, um, all of those things, and I'm I'm very lucky that they've all played a great role in my life. So, uh, very very thankful for that as well. Just on the, on the grand basketball level, you ever you ever go back to, to your high school back in uh, back in Detroit during the holidays?
0: No, I I don't, and uh, I always visit when I get back home in the summertime, I get a chance to stop by. It's, you know, living once you you have a family and kids are in school, it's always pretty tough for me to get back doing, you know, doing the, the holiday periods and stuff like that. Um, but in saying that it's always fun to go back when we, we go as a family back home to Detroit and, and see some old familiar faces and, and get back to, uh, to Brother Rice High School up there in Birmingham, Michigan, where where I went to high school at, and and see all some my friends and, and and teachers so forth and so on, and um, you know those were those were good times, fun times, high school and all the old rivalries and and um, you know you kind of. Life was simple back then. <laughs> so and, simple. Uh, <laughs> life was simple, you know. And um, get to class on time. It, it, Do it, your it, homework. It, great memories, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were great memories for sure.
1: I, I and some of the things that come flashing back, you know, the uh, home games were were special. And I'm sure, you know, we we come from different places, different basketball environments. You know, we had, we had a real good run um, our senior year, where you know we were conference champs and undefeated at home and you know had Long Island Newsday covering us and and that was fun but going on the road on the old yellow school bus to a, a place where you knew there'd be a crowd people would be rooting against you other team would be giving you their best shot there was something really special about what that build was towards the competition and you know, competition, I'm sure is something that, you know, plays a, a special role with both of us, but it was it was the things that lead to it and, and come with it, and, and the bus rides and the locker room and all those things uh, really, really still stick with me after all those years, and, and I'm and I'm thankful I've been able to both experience it, pay it forward when I used to coach, and You know, coaching, the. you know, I I lost track of how many kids I coached over the years between teams and clinics and camps. You know, it's it's four digits for sure. Um, But really lucky I was able to uh, pass those experiences uh, forward and pay it forward in that way. And just um, you got me feeling really reflective right now, my friend. Really reflective about the journey. (laughs) I see. Yeah. 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 But uh, with what we're thankful for comes – what we're not thankful for in terms of the NBA. So I'm going to start us off because I lived this last week live at the Clippers-Celtics game. When you are live in the arena and these replays are going on and they're communicating back with the, uh, the dungeon in Secaucus, it is a miserable experience being in the stands. I mean, it is between losing the flow of the game, the things they consider music going through the speakers, and then just sitting, waiting and waiting and waiting. They've got to figure out something better for in arena to, to go to. But last week in Staples was tough. You know that head-pounding music? That's not music, it's just noise. So whether you're at a really bad nightclub or a party or it's going on in the arena and you're just asking yourself, who the hell put this playlist together? That's what every stoppage was like at that game last <laughs> week. So that's how I'm starting us off there. What about you? You having a chuckle over there?
0: That's really, that's really funny, you know. I'm you the know, grumpy old guy now. You know I am. You've, yeah, rubbed, you off You've rubbed off on me. you You've rubbed off on me really well. Well, uh, yeah, I am. I'm a I'm a I'm a curmudgeon for sure. Um, yeah, but
1: you to your credit, you're also you're, you're also a realist. So,
0: yeah, you know, I, I've been called worse. <laughs> this is true. Uh, the thing the the thing that I'm probably least thankful for or not thankful for in the NBA are are the injuries. You know, I never like to see any player get hurt. Yep. And you know, when you have, you know. Any player out, but in particular when you have, you know, elite, you know, talented players and all injuries, you know, an injury is an injury, Uh, whether it's Kevin Durant or Gordon Hayward. I mean, last week I was with Kemba Walker. You just don't like to see injuries. Right. And um, but they are a part of the game. So that's the one thing I'm always. You know, aware of or conscientious of, of just the health of the players, and when players get hurt, any player, I don't care who you are, it's just just a reminder of how fragile this game is and how fragile life is. Is when you when you get hurt. So, um, I just always are thankful when the players are able to play the game that they love and compete at the high level, and is you know, and players go out there and play and give their heart, but at the same time, you know, you're risking injury and. And, um, so when you see players get hurt, I'm always like, ah, it's just, you know, but that's part of, uh, that's part of the, the sport and part of the business of, uh, of playing and, and you risk that every time you step out there and, and, and give it a go.
1: You hit it on the head. I was on my flight back from LA to New York on Friday night during the Celtics Nuggets game. And I had spotty Wi-Fi in and out. The Celtics were on league pass. There was no way I was going to be able to stream that, but. Twitter was active and my text messages were going through off and on. And I started to get messages about Kemba. And then I went on Twitter and for about 20 minutes on the flight, like I'm in full fledged, just Kemba panic mode because I hadn't seen the clip yet. I have people who are texting me who, you know, one of which has, you know, he's known Kemba since high school. They were at rice together and it was scary for a while. Um, Thankfully, he's okay. But I, I wanted to just give Kemble Walker a shout out as he's been uh, everything and more in terms of uh, a, a great citizen to the game, regardless of what team he's on. And uh, I, I've known him; Absolutely. I've known him since 2012. Uh, I was at the Big East tournament, all those games. I'm actually in the baseline replay when he puts the dude in the blender and gives him the step back. I'm I'm in one of those replays, standing up with my arms in the air. It's pretty cool, but. Kemba Walker is everything that's good about the game of basketball. So hopefully he will be back on the floor soon. They'll be very cautious with him, concussion protocol, but thankfully no neck issue, no spine issue. And, um, you know, we went through that list. I think it was last week, BJ, like all the high-level guys in the league that are hurt right now. I mean, you could. You, it's kind of like a dream mm-hmm. fantasy team. So we just want guys to get healthy. And, and, you know, there's a bigger conversation to have here because of – the, the pace and the tempo and the minutes and all these different things that we're talking about that are potentially contributing to these injuries. But at the end of the day, we just want to see guys out there competing and healthy. And um, yes, it's a job, but everybody in the league should enjoy doing said job and, and not be struggling through it in uh, in pain and, and, uh, and discomfort. So um, the month is coming to a close. You know, we start... You know, we, the last couple of years, the league has started earlier than ever with uh, starting the third week of October. So we're, you know, a month into the season, and the first full month is coming to a close. Um, what player has surprised you the most over the course of the first month plus of the season as
0: we wrap November? Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm always, I always look for players where who are contributing to winning. And I always look at teams who are winning and we didn't really anticipate them. And, uh, you know, last year for me, it was Siakam. Like I didn't anticipate him having the impact that he had. And then this year, to answer your question, I didn't anticipate the Miami Heat doing what they're doing. And in particular, this one player, Kendrick Nunn. I, I mean, this kid just kind of, and I'm, you know, I grew up uh, for many years in, in my adult life in Chicago. And this kid is from Chicago, from Simeon High School. And I'm just amazed at how he's been playing this early in the season as a rookie point guard. Because the point guard position is, in my opinion, the the most difficult position to learn and transition into when you go from, you know, collegiate player to a professional player. And this kid is not only doing that, but he is contributing to winning. So Kendrick Nunn has been a pleasant surprise, I'm sure for me and for many players in the, for not many players, but for many of the executives who were evaluating him. I don't think any of us can have anticipated this kid's impact this early in the season.
1: He's definitely on my list. It's a great story, and the fact that he's playing for a team and a franchise that has that very strong culture of competition and work ethic, and he's stepping up in this way as a rookie. Uh, I don't remember the last time a rookie on the Miami Heat had any sort of impact like this, and obviously it helps that the environment that he's in, so – you know, he, he's been great. One team that, um, you know, I, I want to shed some light on and a couple of players specifically is the Phoenix Suns. So Aaron Baines is my guy, not because he was a Celtic and <laughs> because I loved what he brought to the table, but because when DeAndre Ayton went out with this still very baffling suspension that I thought would be appealed and hasn't been, Aaron Baines, in 24 minutes a game, is averaging 14.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, 3 assists, shooting 44% from 3, and 56 from the floor. And this is a guy who is known as a role-playing center who would just bring physicality, rebounding, and toughness to the table. And he's helped his team get off to a very good start. The other guy I want to shout out on that team who's having himself a very good start to the season, who I predicted he would because he needed the right uh, change of setting, needed the right scenery, and that's Kelly Oubre Jr. I don't know if you've seen what he's doing, but he's plus 17 points a game. Mm -hmm. He's plugged in perfectly on that wing with him and Rubio bookending Booker there in Phoenix, and uh, Oubre to me has just been outstanding for the Suns.
0: Yeah, I like Kelly. He's uh, seemed like he's found a home there, and uh, he's kind of settled in. And, you know, they're playing, you know, 500 basketball right now, which is a great indication for them and Coach, you know, Manny and his staff, what they've done there. So they have, they've been very respectable early part of the season, and, and for them let's hope it continues because they've had some tough times there in Phoenix. For sure.
1: So who's, uh, who's disappointed you? Is there
0: one guy that you were expecting some – some really good things from, and he's just been a letdown? Well, I, w- I want to phrase it not so much who's disappointed me. I, I, I think my expectations for this player, I had higher expectations, especially going into year three. You know, I, I've had a, the good fortune of being able to watch him now for many years being out here in California, and that's Lonzo Ball. Hmm. And I was really anticipating a jump this year from him and there's still time, but I was really anticipating in year three that he was going to make that jump, right? Year one, like I said earlier, it's very difficult as a, as a point guard transitioning. And, and, the, and the most difficult part of coming into this league, and we all go through it who play that position, is when the pass and when the shoot. And, you know, you may be a little bit you know, a scoring guard when you first come in, but you got to learn how to pass and you got to learn when to score and you got to learn how to juggle it and, and do all those things with the other players you're playing with. But this year I was expecting him to have one of those go from 10, 11 points a game to like 18, 19 points a game, especially playing for Alvin Gentry, who offensively, you know, he's one of the, the coaches in this league that encourages offensive Uh, for you to be aggressive on the offensive end. And I was anticipating with him an offensive jump, a a bigger jump. So I'm not disappointed. Look, he's averaging probably 10, 11 points a game, which is a very respectable in this league. But for him being a young player, I was expecting him to take that next leap in his career now that he's been around the league for three or four years now. And it just hasn't happened for him yet. I know he's had some injuries here as of late, um, but I was anticipating just a little bit more production from him than he has shown thus far. I'm struggling with this one.
1: I I don't, I don't, you know, a lot of it has to do with circumstance, right? So when the Knicks signed Bobby Portis, I said, oh, wow, similar to Kelly Oubre, this guy needed to be in a different situation, a different setting. He's coming to New York with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. He still hasn't been given the consistent minutes to prove it, and they've got a log jam at the forward position. But I expect more out of him in his minutes, if that makes sense. C.J. McCollum, for the shorthanded Blazers, is still scoring 22 points a game, but he's at 43 from the floor and only at four assists. I was expecting a bigger ascension this season, especially now that they've been a little bit shorthanded. So I'm, I'm struggling here a little bit. I, I'm, I'm more... Uh, more so looking at teams that have been disappointing me. uh, Detroit being one of them, uh, you know, starting Thanksgiving week uh, at at 5 and 11 by the time you're hearing this on uh, Holiday Friday, that may have changed. But Detroit has has disappointed me a bit early on. And, um, you know, the Orlando Magic, expected a little bit more out of, and – Here's a conversation I'd quickly like to have, the Brooklyn Nets. What was realistic for the Brooklyn Nets without Durant, with Kyrie leading the team? Now Kyrie's been out of the lineup. Spencer Dinwiddie has been fantastic in his absence. So I'm just going to put this to you. What is, quote-unquote, success for the Nets this season? Well— we can't forget, Eric, the Nets made the playoffs last year. I know. That was last year. So, so what, what is what is adding Kyrie, losing Russell, keeping the rest of the role players, adding DeAndre Jordan? What, what, is, what is success in this kind of gap year waiting for Durant to come back?
0: Well, success... You know, we we can we all have the ultimate goal of winning a championship, right? That's the ultimate goal. And anytime you can add Kevin Durant to the mix, clearly that raises the expectation level with the team that was able to make the playoffs. I'll say that again: that were that was able to make the playoffs without him. Now, success for this franchise is being able to advance past the first round. That's success. This team has a, this team has a core of players that, you know, whether it's Spencer, or, uh, uh, Dinwiddie and, and, and uh, Dinwiddie, Jared and Jordan, uh, Jared
1: Allen, Torian Jared Prince, Allen. DeAndre they Jordan, have, it, Joe it, yeah. Harris.
0: There's there's some good they, players here. They they have a core. They have a core of players that is, when you watch them play, the one thing that you will say about the Brooklyn Nets is they are a very confident group of players. Now you add a Kyrie Irving to the fold, and you add a Kevin Durant to the fold. I think now you're looking to say this team should advance, and that raises the expectations. So, I like their group. I like what they have. There is a fine balance in learning how to take your talent and put it into the group, and that's that's been that's been with Kyrie Irving from the get-go. How does he take his talent and mix it into the group? And that's that's a delicate balance. I, I, I wish I had the answer. I don't know the answer, but I know he has the capability to take over a game. Clearly, when he's healthy, he does some amazing things offensively. But again, you can see in his absence, they can still win games, which is a plus for them. Now, if they can figure out the balance of, of how that works to make them that 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 more unstoppable as a team. I think that plays into their hands and and gives them a decided advantage. But so far, you got to give this team credit. Like I think they've won the last three or four games in a row in his absence. And this is a formidable team. This is a team that plays well, plays hard, and uh, it looked like they have the consistency and the confidence to go out and say. We can win with or without these guys, but clearly they are better with those guys in the lineup than without on paper because of the talent, and you need talent to win in this league. It's a long season.
1: A lot could happen. I don't see the Brooklyn Nets advancing in the first round of the playoffs, but it's Thanksgiving, so we've got a long way to go. Amazing Kyrie (laughs) didn't show up in Boston to, to, to reap what he sowed in the garden. And uh, when we drop this Friday, the Celtics will be uh, at the Barclays Center and hopefully I'll be at the game. So it will be pretty cool if I'm at the game and someone's listening right now. So we talked about Thanksgiving. Any uh, any traditions you've developed with the the immediate fam with the wife and kids? Anything that you've, you know, uh, uh, either modernized or had as a kid and and brought it to the fam how how does how does the thanksgiving
0: traditions work in the the Armstrong household in our house eric tradition means going out of business <laughs> 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 that's a, that's what that means in our in our house you know <laughs> if someone wants uh butters and noodles butters and noodles it is if someone wants to to grill out on the on the grill, our grill we have our our grill has a name in our house. It's called Moses. Why? Because he feeds the people. Oh, I love it. We grill I out. I love it. You know, we we in the in the in the Armstrong house. You know, we just uh, we just go with the flow. So, you know, uh, who knows? You know, my wife is a terrific cook, and uh, I do know we will be amongst family and friends and we'll figure it out but we don't have any tradition something that we do we sometimes we travel because we're you know very fortunate for for work sometimes we don't now we have our oldest now is in college so it's always changing we're always adapting trying to figure out how to get together and make this work as you have kids and family and, and all those things during the holidays so but we don't have any traditions but um the one thing we do is we always find a way to get together and 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 have the most fun we're definitely going to have fun it's probably this one thing we do do as a family is we are huge card players in our family nice so we will be playing cards of some sort somewhere whether it's online or all together if we're all together uh, in the room but we'll figure that out and uh and and, and share and, and do what we do
1: so i'm, I'm envisioning bears lions on the big screen a, a heated card oh that's a that's a, a, he- must. a heated mm-hmm. card game going on and oh spades for and, sure first spades, spades for and sure and the grill is just is popping out back all at the same time
0: moses is moses is going you know doing his thing there, there's all types of things going on, you know. We just got to figure it out. We, we'll figure it out what's what's the ta- what's the taste <laughs> going into the in, into the Thursday. We'll just figure that out. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Do you have a uh, a commemorative photograph of the late great Moses Malone anywhere near that grill?
0: I, I think it's appropriate. I I, I I I do not, but you know I had the the pleasure of getting to know him and sharing time with him and. Um, you know, he was he was one of my favorites. You know, a quick story, a quick Moses Malone story. Uh, Nike, back in the day, used to all, take all of their, you know, the people that worked with them um, on the, it would be like a, wasn't, it, it was like you, you got together with all of the coaches and players in the NBA, and it would. Yeah, like an annual, like a like summit. A, like a summit, yes. And i was there my after my first year and i was just happy to be there right all the players moses malone was there and george girving was there and all of the guys i was just like oh i was just it was a thrill for me just to be around these players that i grew up watching and all of a sudden now i get a chance to go on vacation which i thought with these players and uh and i'll never forget and i i didn't know moses at the time and uh, he comes up to me, said, hey, y'all fella, what you doing? I was like, hey, I'm just going to hang out, you know, just sit by the pool, you know, just, uh, you know, just taking it easy. He was like, you want to stay in this league? I was like, of course. Like, you know, was, I just completed my first year. He was like, uh, you know, in big Moses as he can, you know, he used to talk really fast, big fella, BJ, BJ, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I got to show you how to work. So he calls, Barkley, Charles, Charles, Chuck. He don't know how to work. So I was like, don't know how to work? Like, hey, that's, you know, that's what I do, right? You know, I work. He took me under his wing on that week and brought me to the gym every day. And he would work out with these, remember those plastic bags people used to wear, you know? Yes. They used to work out. <laughs> Remember those plastic things? Yeah. So Moses he, had the plastic garbage bag look going on in the gym Mo- with you? Mo- Moses would get me up. He got me up every morning. Like, we would get up. we work out twice a day. Work out like 6 a.m. And then we work out in the evening. And he would work out with these plastic. And he would sweat so hard. And I realized that I wasn't working at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I will never forget that, and I owe that to him because I thought I was playing hard. I thought I was working hard until I met Moses Malone. Wow. And he had already been in the league, I don't know, 13 or something years. He was a what a one or two-time MVP two, in this two, league, multiple yeah. all-star, two-time Hall MVP. of Fame career. Yeah. And this man really opened my eyes to what work was all about and he was the one who taught me there is no vacation, there is no getting out of shape, there is no breaks, and you have to learn how to get yourself prepared for this marathon of a season. And that was an eye-opening experience for me, and I owe that to Moses Malone because he showed me what hard work was all about, and I'm forever grateful to have met Moses Malone when I did it at that stage of my career because that was a game changer for me. That was a game changer, and I owe that to the late, great Moses Malone, and And um, I can never thank him enough for showing me what hard work is really all about. <laughs> because that man there, if anybody has played with him, would know, say a lot of things about Moses Malone, but saying that man didn't have a work ethic, now it, it, it's, it made sense to me why he was as successful as he was because not only was he tremendously talented, he worked that much more than everyone else. And, uh, it was a great experience for me. I learned that after my first year in the NBA and I've carried that with me, you know, for the rest of my career is that, you know what, there's no replacement for that. And I owe that all to Moses Malone.
1: That's amazing. Um, ties back to what we started the show with. It's all about the people. And, uh, the fact that you got to learn from a legend like that behind the scenes is, is awesome. Did, did it get to the point where you were doing the the, the, the bicep curls where you, you couldn't lift your arms or shoot a basketball for two days? Is, is
0: that is that the type uh, it, of workout it you was? You know, we – I mean, when I tell you we were working out, I didn't know any – but I was just following the big fella because I was just shocked that, you know, that here we are. We are supposed to be here hanging out um, – having a good time and Moses was like showing me what work was all about (laughs) okay there were no coaches around there were no trainers around it was like okay meet me here at six and I'm uh, and if you miss the workout you're gonna be that much further behind so it was just a different time a different era but I owe that to him because he showed me you know how to have a career in this league and that's key you know getting to the getting to professional sports is one thing having a career and being able to stay there is another and uh I just it was just I was just amazed of how that one week being around a true professional changed my mindset about the game and I and I owe that to him I mean he was he was the first guy who really showed me what grinding was really all about. And there was no coaches around, there was no, you know, trainers around. It was just, you know, individuals who wanted to have a career and who respected the game. And, uh, and every year from that point forward, I made sure that I, I brought my, you know, clothes that I was gonna hang out in and I brought my clothes that I was gonna work in. I always had to have an extra bag because of Big Mo and uh, I owe that to him and uh, like I said I mean no one will ever know what that moment meant to me that was a defining moment in my career and uh, made such a huge impression on a young kid uh, from the University of Iowa when you saw a man who was really getting after it (laughs) for no reason at all but clearly there was a reason
1: (laughs) that's awesome thankful for Moses for sure Uh, that's a great story I, I think that's a great way for us to To wrap today some some great games this weekend ahead Uh, Friday night a full slate. We've got some teams struggling to find their identities. Uh, I think an entertaining one Friday for you to keep an eye on is Dallas at Phoenix Saturday. We've got Indiana and Philadelphia Sunday Dallas and the Lakers jazz and the Raptors uh, and a whole lot more sprinkled throughout the weekend. Hope everybody's having a tremendous Thanksgiving BJ great stuff today. I need a picture of a hot, sizzling Moses with you and the family over the weekend to see what's on the grill. And uh, special thanks, as always, producer Mike Lieber, Bruce Bernstein, editor Benjamin Wolfen, the entire Pure Hoops Media team. Coming out of Thanksgiving, be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show on Mondays, Catch and Shoot 2.0, dropping Wednesday. Buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt Thursdays. BJ and I will be back after Thanksgiving with two pods next week. Have a great weekend everybody and of course stay pure. The Pure Hoops Podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and
0: bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.